Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to season 2 of Three Little Mamas, a fun and safe space with three friends who candidly share about marriage, momhood, and ministry. We are so excited to be starting up a new season together, and in our first episode, we share on how we've been processing the past few months. Hope you enjoy! Season two. Hi, everyone. Hello. We're back at it again. Um, yeah, I can't believe we're we're back again. It, we've taken a couple months break, so we thought today we could, um, instead of going into a specific topic, we could just kind of talk about what we've been processing and just share about just where our hearts have been, our minds have been, um, what we feel like God has been teaching us in this season, and hopefully it's encouraging to you guys. Or yeah. Um, if anyone can relate with us, give us a shout out. Yeah, so first question is, um, we'll just keep a light question. Has there been anything that you guys have been doing during quarantine? Um, any like hobbies or anything you guys picked up during this uh, shelter in place? Anything? I feel so bad because I don't have a hobby currently. <laughs> Judah. Judah yeah, is your hobby. Raising my son. <laughs> Diva mummy looks like now. <laughs> yeah, you should go see it. It's, it's kind of weird, but interesting. That's so funny. Well, speaking of watching things, for me too, similarly, I've been um, really into this show called Downton Abbey. I've heard of it. Have you guys heard of it? Mm-hmm. You heard of it? Um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like fictional, historical drama. It's about this like family who's like nobility of noble blood. But then it's in the early 1900s when they have the first, like, the Titanic hit, the Titanic sinks and how that affects them, and then World War One, and then the Spanish flu, and then Hi, Jesse. Um, and so they're being pushed into, like, this, this family, they're holding on to their traditions, but they're being pushed into modern times, and actually they're feeling more and more how their traditions are becoming 
less and less relevant in the changing time and culture. And that's actually been really helpful in processing our time now, today. And um, I've been really enjoying it. And there is a lot of like scandal and like 1900s kind of scandal. But (laughs) yeah, yeah. that's been fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Esther, you want to share with us some kind of. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh. Do you want to share with us some kind of things that you've been processing in this time, in the past couple months? Um, what's been going on in your headspace? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I just, um, I was sharing with, um, you know, Janice and Sarah on our phone call on Monday, and we were just talking about, you know, what during this time, the season of, you know, being quarantined or whatever, what our nation's going through, what our world's going through. Yeah. Um, I just feel like someone once said, um, you know, before the pandemic hit, like we really were into makeup products and yeah. buying the most expensive, best makeup products. And now because people are home so much, they're really focusing on skincare products. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that because they're able to see, they have to face the the non-makeup concealed version of themselves. And yeah. I actually think there's a lot of emotional, spiritual, mental implications to that. Like, For sure how we were dealing with loneliness before, uh, either, you know, uh, you know, by going out or, or doing other things or with our work, um, finding a sense of accomplishment in our, like, workspace or whatever that may be. Um, but I think that it's been a season for me and I think for many people where they're having to take the makeup off, you know, um, and having to see what's really there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think the good thing is we're, we have to deal with, and I think, like, this might be a little extra, but, like, even realizing that everyone has different, like, skin type, mm, you yeah. know, right? Like, some people yeah. have, like, oily skin, some people have dry skin, oily combo, and I yeah. think even everyone's soul and everyone's wiring is different, and so you need to find out what works for you yeah. and how you relate with the Lord, how you spend time with the Lord in this season, mm. and, I, you know, even, you know, skincare products, you have to find what works for your skin and what works for someone else may not work for you. And I think what the good thing is we're, we're discovering who we are in the Lord um, yeah. in a more deeper, mature way. Cause I think there's a difference between growth and maturity. And I think what's also good is when you take care of your skin, you're actually thinking long-term when you're thinking only makeup and not skincare, you're only mm-hmm. thinking about how to deal with it temporarily quickly yeah. you know and so I think that there's a it's a it could be a it could be it's a difficult but could be a beautiful season where God is the Holy Spirit is allowing us to look at the inside yeah. and preparing us for long-term like internal beauty internal health and yeah. really so yeah yeah with that can I ask Esther has what kind of lessons you've been learning for yourself in that idea of kind of seeing your internal self come out in this time? Yeah. I think definitely it's like dealing with the ugly, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think what's interesting is even Apostle Paul, like, it's interesting the, the, clo- the more you go through, you know, chronologically, like his books in the New Testament, you see almost that his revelation of his sinfulness grows as he ages. Like, yeah. he said, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I'm the worst of all saints, and I'm the worst of all apostles. And later on, he goes, he says, I'm the worst of all sinners. Yeah. And you would think that 
with more age and knowing God's grace, like, and growing in holiness, like, you would be less of a sinner, but, you know, the, the more he grew in the revelation of God's grace, he actually grew in the revelation of his own wickedness, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think for me, it's, it's one of the, you know, the difficult things about that religious spirit being stripped away is you have to see, like, the grace it's almost like when you're first saved, there's a grace over you to not see the gravity of your own wickedness, but just the right amount to know your need for Jesus. Yeah. But as you mature, like I've been seeing, you know, the Lord's been uh, revealing more, but also that shows me that he wants to reveal more of his grace and wants me to actually yeah. experience gospel, the gospel yeah. of Jesus. And so that's been hard, like seeing anger and almost for me, like... Um, like high-functioning postpartum depression, like mm-hmm. hopelessness, and then like feeling the shame of the hopelessness, like I believe in Jesus, and how mm-hmm. come I feel I have these intrusive thoughts or things yeah. like that. But dealing with, you know, anger and, um, yeah, just seeing my own reaction to things and then like coming to Jesus with that has been yeah. hard. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I feel you, Esther. How about you, Sarah? What kind of internal kind of things have been coming out for you in this time? I feel like I'm saying this in every episode, but internal things is just facing my... Um, the fact that actually I don't process much. And I know this topic is about like what we're processing through the seasons. And um, to be honest, I don't like really get to see like take time to really like be introspective um and I just see that I that that is what's coming out like I'm just kind of go going by the day not very prioritizing things that I need to prioritize I can go into detail more for like like motherhood and like marriage and, and stuff like that but yeah just to like say it in general I would say what's coming out is I'm still kind of not very intentional in the way that I live in this time. Yeah. I right. see. Um, I, or just a question that comes up for me as you share that is, what is your idea of living out intentionally and, and processing? What mm-hmm. does that mean? Or what is your idea of that? Yeah, I think it would be more like I'm purposeful. Like when I wake up, there's like a purpose to my day. <laughs> There's a purpose to, like, I'm living out, uh, it's stewarding um, everything faithfully and yeah. intentionally setting aside some time to commune with the Lord. And yeah. when I, you know, raise my son, instead of just, like, just raising him, I yeah. wish there was, like, a goal or... Yeah. Yeah. But it's so tough, though. Mm. Like, when you got young babies, like... It, and they're like it's demanding their needs are like so in your face it's hard to like push through and be intentional and have those goals and like like be on top of it mm-hmm. I I can think of more days where I feel like I'm being dragged by the day than being on top of the day to be honest for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um I, I think for me too exactly what you're sharing Esther a lot of my junk has been coming out in this season and God has been um, just like making that very clear. I think one thing um, that there's a few things that 
comes to mind. But the first thing that I struggle with over and over again is there's this internal line that drives me inside, and it tells me I am not enough. Like I believe deep down inside that I am not enough, and so that's where my struggle with ambition comes from, or my struggle with needing to be seen and. Um, in the sense of um, more specifically academically, I don't know why it's specifically academically, um, but it in that sense. So, um, you guys already know this. I shared this with you guys, but I wanted to pursue demon, um, and um, I was gonna do it with Juwan, and I was excited to do it, and we were praying through it, and I had the funds in place and everything, and then when I really brought it before God, I felt like God was saying, right now is not the time. And um, it made me cry because it's something that I want to do for myself. Um, it, it's what I thought that I needed to do for myself. But actually, I was recognizing I was doing it um, or I wanted to, it, the, just the timing isn't right right now. The timing will come for me, but um, God has different a different season for me in mind at the moment, and different lessons for me to learn mm. at the moment. Coming with that, the biggest lesson for me to learn right now is taking care of myself. I don't know how to take care of myself well. More particularly, I don't know how to take care of myself physically very well. Um, I if. I had to, after I make food for Baba or Sydney and my husband, and then if I have to make food for myself, I'd, I'd rather just lay there and not make food for myself. I'd rather just not eat. I'd rather just like, um, yeah, I, I just don't take care of myself that well. And um, it just, it it's not good. <laughs> I mean, that's like obvious, but I've been really learning in this season um, how detrimental that is for myself and the two in me believes that I am only valuable in as much as I can help other people mm. I'm not valuable in and of myself just in myself mm. and so the struggle is if I take care of myself first if I put myself first I don't feel that I can do that I feel actually really guilty and bad mm. when I do that um, but in this season, I've been learning actually how godly that is to take care of myself mm-hmm. is taking care of it, it. It will lead me to take care of my family better. And I can go into that more later in the conversation. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just some things that I've been learning about myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With that then, has there been any specific word or like something that you guys have been seeing God moving in in this season over the church or over your personal like spiritual walk? It's mm. a big question. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can share personal first, um, and then I actually I love because we talk on the phone often. I love what Esther has to share about the church, and I want to um, just add on to after like Esther or Janice when you share but for me personally I think um, like a theme that God has been um, helping me to 
like notice is um, a generous family mm. and it's not because like my like me Brian and Judah were a generous family <laughs> but actually from uh, I, uh, we, we're actually resigning from our church this month mm. and following uh, God's call on um, we, we feel more called towards like an evangelistic ministry at, um, in our life so we're headed towards that direction and um when we told our church um just so many families have been so generous in like thanking us and telling us um what we meant to them and still doing it because we're still we're still pastoring um but i was visiting some houses just at their door with the mask on and everything and uh, to drop off like um, a graduation gift and then some many families would give me gifts like thank you so much for coming so far and it's like 20 minute drive you know (laughs) but I would get like box of Korean pears those things are expensive I would get like packs of face masks so thoughtful I know like it might be silly to people but to me it shows like I'm thinking of you and I want to even show you a little bit of like appreciation by throwing in some face masks in this (laughs) pandemic and um, just also face masks like a lot of the Korean moms they like look out for my skin you know and they have all this fancy yeah fancy skincare stuff and I just feel so um moved by um god just showing me through not just the korean culture but like specifically a generous family and sometimes you see that when you're um yeah you're just you're in a certain like korean setting because uh korean i think korean culture is like you don't want to leave the person like empty-handed like oh they came to visit you and you don't let them go back like empty so um just processing that has been something where um god's been showing me like i want to be a generous family too like i want to implement that into my life and also because we are moving um my parents actually allowed uh, my family our little family to live in one of their bedrooms Mm -hmm. and they have just been just so extravagantly helpful Mm -hmm. like cooking meals for us taking care of judah and that's how i'm here actually (laughs) and just showing so much love and and just saying like we're family that's why like you don't have to pay us back you don't have to do anything we we look out for each other because we're family and so i think just having people pour in so generously has been such a good um processing of like personally like wow i want to be a generous family as well wow. yeah mm-hmm. amen that's awesome mm-hmm. so good yeah how about you esther yeah master i love that um and you and brian are just the real deal mm-hmm. yeah anyways <laughs> um i think for me um i've been reading um what is it called? Oh, in a book called In the Name of In the Name of Jesus by Henry Nowen. Yeah. And oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been so refreshing and um, for me. And I think you know, if I could just kind of lead the conversation, like what I believe is kind of happening in the body of Christ, or more more so in I guess in, in America. But um, I feel like since we're not able to go to church, like physically attend church. Uh, we were able to see kind of those who were in God or in church 
uh, in, yeah. in all honesty. Uh, those yeah. who were in the Lord or those who didn't really have a, like, had a borrowed faith. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So sure. I, I feel like there's that kind of separate, not separating, but kind of clearing. And it's almost the mercy and grace of God at a wake-up call. Um, yeah. But I also think that those who are in Christ, there's been such, if we are willing, I feel like there's been, so, and I, I feel like this is applicable for me and our family, and there's been such a uh, an awakening in the Lord to, to, to come back to what church was meant to be about. Um, you know, I, I think in Paul, he talks about how the church was meant to be the, the manifold wisdom of God, and I'm just really still believing and holding on to the fact that, you know, the church is messed up. The church has... Yeah. There's been more, you know, crap of, of Christian leaders who've made mistakes coming out and, you know, uh, you know, leaders and, and what I've worshipped leaders and all of that. But I, I've, I'm still clinging on to the fact that the church is Jesus, his bride is his answer for a broken world. Yeah. Um, that, that the church is his hands and feet. And I feel like in this season, there's a grace for those who are, find their righteousness in Jesus. Yeah to come back to what church is really meant to be about yeah. and that's literally to love God and to love our neighbors mm. like it's not to love those that like our Instagram posts or mm -hmm. like our church or tune into our sermons it's it's those like almost like the 10 people that are in closest proximity with you that you see the most often that you interact with most often like are you loving them and are you letting yourself be loved by them and yeah. so I just feel like for both Dom and I it's just been like you know we do home groups at, at our home where we have a super small gathering of people and, and we read the word and we discuss and we do life together and that's been such a refreshing experience of I think what the church has been supposed to be about yeah. and then so going back to the book you know In the Name of Jesus by Henry Nowlin like, it talks about, like, he wrote it, I think, in 1989, but he, he's talking to the future Christian leader, and yeah. it's still so relevant today, yeah. and he talks about the, the, the desire to be relevant, and how, almost as a Christian leader, our greatest desire should be to not be relevant. Yeah. And for me, that, would, that has been speaking volumes. Like, yeah. who cares? Who cares if... I'll just finish with this, okay? Like, I feel like the world been saying, like, and even in Christian communities, they've been saying, like, you have a voice, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, and yes and amen, I actually agree with that, but I feel like the world's been saying that, and the church has, has grabbed that and, and redeemed that, but I, I also think that we've fallen into the, the world's interpretation of you have a voice, where we feel like we almost have to discover this voice that God gave us and we have to use it mm -hmm. and I think that it's true but what it's done is so what the Lord's been speaking to me about is he's saying Esther you can have an opinion about everything like I want you to have an opinion and I want you to have a mindful and thoughtful life like I gave you a brain mm -hmm. yeah but that doesn't mean you have to you have to have a say about everything for sure and so I, I think that there is this need to have, use your voice and be relevant, even in the Christian community. And I think that, to be honest, that could be such a twisted um, temptation.
shit from the enemy mm-hmm. and it, you may have a voice and you may have something to say but if the Lord's anointing and his his, his approval is not on it you don't really have to say anything mm-hmm. you know so yeah. so yeah that's just been something that I've just been processing a lot mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Yeah. I feel like I'm going around, but yeah. No, I I totally agree with what you're sharing and um yeah, I feel like right now God has been really kind of almost forcing us to take a sober look at um our our faith and um just like without without the presence of um like the physical presence of going to church and the programs and all those things that could be fun to be a part of in church at the end of the day when it's just him and me how much am I willing to get down on my knees and really pray with him and how much do I really want him when it's just him and me in my house by myself or with my family, just my family, and um, I feel like it, it was one of the reasons also why um, I let go of pursuing the program. Um, I just feel God speaking really loudly right now to, it just, I know it sounds obvious, but like really to pray and to cling on to prayer. I, I, first, I personally feel this calling right now to pray and to pray hard and when it's hard pray and um just keep holding on to him in this time because if it's not god it's nothing if i don't have god i have nothing if i don't have the word i don't have direction i'm i'm lost without him and i need more of the word now than ever before and i feel like um yeah i just feel i just feel like god really wants this is for me personally what I feel like God is speaking over me and my family um I just feel like God really wants me to build it from the inside out um not from the doing of like the church programs being a leader in the church like doing these things but actually building a culture of worship in my day-to-day life in my home with my family and from there living that out you know, from from ministering from that place where it's just coming out of my lifestyle and, and what I do every day, not from what I'm doing outside and then coming home and then just being a mess at home. Not saying that I'm doing it perfectly, I'm doing it well, but understanding that that's where, that's the vision right now and that's the calling over us mm-hmm. and um, trying to be faithful to that in this time. Mm-hmm. And um, I will say, Chiwon and I have been um, committing ourselves to trying to create that first and spending quality time together and praying together in the mornings. And that has transformed um, a lot of my heart space towards mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. And, um, and submitting to his vision and where he's leading our family. Because I'll tell you, I have a lot of... Um, um, I don't want to say like it is like competitiveness <laughs> especially with like males <laughs> I like I don't like the idea of submission mm-hmm. and I don't like the idea of giving in <laughs> um um but 
yeah, in, in the place of prayer, in the place of um, walking with my husband and where what God is calling family to be and what family is, is to look like, um, it just comes, it just happens a lot easier when we're praying together. I hope that doesn't sound so like simple because it's freaking hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Praying is hard, you guys. <laughs> Being faithful to prayer is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I don't want it to sound like just pray and it's easy and it just like it'll just happen. But it's more of like a, um, like let's let's do this together mm-hmm. and let's like struggle through it together. Let's wrestle and like push push into it, mm-hmm. push into prayer. Um, and see what comes out of it, you know, mm. like we got nothing else to do anyway. <laughs> we can't go anywhere anyway. So, yeah. So I think that's where um, God has been calling our family. How about you? Yeah, that's that's really beautiful. I I I love that. Cause I know when we say this, it can sound like, oh yeah, you're Christian. <laughs> you should pray <laughs> with your spouse, but it is a lot harder actually. And when you do. I, I do think it does shift something. So thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, um, for I just love Esther when you said the answer is the church. I think yeah. when you said that, it like moves my heart because yeah, um, yeah, it, it's true. It's biblical, and I think for me, um, I've been processing like thinking about like the American church. Um, like we haven't really been the answer in this time, I felt like. Um, yeah, and I was just praying in the beginning of when when all of this, we were all sheltering in place. <laughs> and I, I just felt like God's heart was for the lost and for the broken. And that this time was like, he was saving the lost. He, his heart mm. is for the lost and the broken and the hurting. Yeah. And um, I just felt kind of like, this verse chopped up into my head this week you know in revelations 22 and um it says the spirit and the bride say come and i felt like god's heart the spirit is like come like i'm drawing all these people to myself and the bride specifically the american church we weren't on the same page and we were not spirit and the bride they come and we were missing the heart of god when he's saying come and we weren't the ones you know aligned with him saying come so yeah my heart was breaking a lot for the loss and I actually I'm gonna be very honest I don't even evangelize much (laughs) like I just feel I just feel the heart of God and uh, it just broke my heart when I I saw that we we didn't get it like we are like Esther you said we are the answer like he's saying spirit and the bride say come but it was just like God's moving and no one was getting it <laughs> like yeah. it's about the loss it's about the broken um yeah. yeah so that's that's what I've been processing about the church this this I can't say the word <laughs> thank you <laughs> about the yeah. American church so thank you for bringing yeah. that up specifically um yeah. yeah and I love when you said like we have this temptation to feel like we need to have like a voice um yeah i i feel like that's actually the spirit of this age where we need to like kind of you know go with the culture and and just yeah <laughs> i, I, I kind of feel like yeah yeah we, we feel tempted and also like a little pressured i felt yeah. like that's what was happening even to like the bride like we we weren't able to discern 
when um, like hey like why are you yeah <laughs> why are you yeah. fighting about things when they're hurting people like why do you not see the heart of god breaking for people who are marginalized and we're just fighting over things and missing the point that god is saying come like i'm drawing people to myself yeah. so that that's what i've been feeling and feeling like really frustrated but also like a lot of pain about so thank you for bringing that up Esther. yeah yeah just supposed to go into our closet and that's it just end it there and then out of this pandemic we just all become individualistic in our and just care about our own personal walks with God but this time is supposed to strengthen maybe and give us a clearer and sober vision to actually where we've been at with God and it's totally okay that we we love God and that we are Christian and 
um, that we've had a relationship that we have a relationship with him but still be struggling um, more than struggling like feel like still like feel like you're drowning you know yeah I, I, I don't really know anyone in this time right now where they're like I'm doing so well right now. actually I know one person that's <laughs> they're like loving this time right now <laughs> yeah God is like just pouring revelations and revelations into them. they're having their like constellation season right now <laughs> but for the majority like it's tough right now and I think that it's intentional yeah like you were saying like yeah so we we just take it in we just look at it as it is and we just ask god god what are you trying to teach me in this what is important what are you trying to filter out um where do you want me to go with this yeah and like you're saying it's community we need church just as much as we understand like and refine our own personal walks with god we can't do it alone and we're realizing that in this time we can't do it alone yeah so i love everything that you're sharing esther totally agree with you yeah has there been a word on your guys's heart um that's um really spoken to you but that you've just been carrying with you or it's just been kind of encouraging you um these days i think for me it's in psalm 2 um i'm gonna probably paraphrase and butcher but when it talks about uh ask of me and i'll give the nations to you um and but it moves me when i when i think not about me (laughs) it's about jesus when um yeah the the nation the hair maybe janice is looking for it she'll read it for us which one uh when it says ask of me verse eight Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance and the very ends of the earth as your possession. And I think for me, when I think about Jesus having his heritage, like his inheritance of all these people, the nations, it just really, that's like the only thing that moves me. (laughs) Because I've been telling you guys I'm in a funky season for many years. But when I think about Jesus receiving the nations, um that encourages me just to think about like all all knee shall bow tongue confess that jesus is lord um i think that just keeps me going Mm. yeah i can't wait i think i can't wait for jesus to like when he returns and he has all his people and all the the hurting people like they they will justice will come for those who are hurting yeah Um, yeah and just it's just amazing his name will be like throughout the earth known so that's encouraging me in this season wow how about you esther has there been a word yeah for me um kind of a a theme verse for our family has been found in ecclesiastes it talks about the whole duty of man is to fear god and to obey his commandments Mm. and i feel like this season what it looks like to fear the Lord for us is like trusting him at his word mm-hmm. and like what that looks like is Dom and I were talking a couple weeks ago like are there seasons where God is silent towards his people mm-hmm. right and he was talking about and then yeah. we just kind of ended up talking about um, the time between the old and the new 
400 years of silence where God doesn't speak to his people at all. Yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, if there was any time where his people felt like he forgot them, it was during that time. And I think that that makes Mary and Joseph's faith that much more, um, like, honorable, like, amazing, because no visions, no dreams, and then, like, an angel appears to Joseph, and then Mary's all of a sudden for 400, for generations and generations, she's never, like, they've never had a tangible encounter with the Lord, and and, and she receives, accepts the call to carry Jesus, you know? Um, And I think that a lot of people are having a hard time hearing from the Lord in this season, whether it's them having a hard time hearing from the Lord, or whether it's the Lord, you know, um, even communicating something through his silence, because I actually think that his voice is present even in the silence, Mm -hmm. like, what I mean, like, you know, that sounds really weird, but, Mm -hmm. like, he's still communicating something to us in in the silence. Like, when you're in the car with someone and you're in the passenger seat, and it's silence. But what it communicates is it communicates, like, we actually don't have to say much because we know each other, you know? Yeah. And I feel like this season, uh, there were months and months where the Lord was not speaking to us in the ways that he used to. Yeah. And I feel like it's been a season where we trust God with what he had said to us. Like, and I feel like when we have no works to bring to him, like, I don't, I can't serve on praise team right now. I'm not, like, we can't, like, we're not serving at church. We can't, like, go out and, like, evangelize to everyone and, and lay hands on people and pray for people. Like, we can't do those things. But, um, when we can't do those things and we feel like God's not speaking to us or we're not doing well with the Lord, like, what do we really believe about the gospel? Yeah. Mm. You know, that God is pleased with us because of Jesus, because of Jesus's like righteousness, like has been imputed to me. And therefore when God sees me, he sees like his dear child. Mm. Like it's been that kind of season for us and our family. Like we feel like the Lord's not, promoting us we feel like the lord life is not pleasurable like jobs have been difficult work has been difficult um managing family dynamics has been difficult like um like and 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 i just want to emphasize like like the lord's been really teaching me to embrace the both and the Mm -hmm. the tension of the both and like i was actually thinking about when a believer dies like when we have someone that was a believer that dies both experience like sadness because they're gone we can't touch them we can't hug them we can't talk to them but we also experience the joy of knowing that they're with jesus mm-hmm. but i think it's okay to be both sad and joyful yeah and i think that that's what life is like like yeah. apostle paul in philippians 4 he talks about learning i love that he uses the word like learning to be content like because he mm-hmm. had to learn it like it wasn't natural and yeah. so i feel like our family we're learning to embrace the tension of the both and that things are difficult and not ideal but also we're so grateful you know for his provisions and his faithfulness and in that tension we're like god we trust you like we trust that you're still good we trust that even if we feel like crap and we feel like 
we're not doing well with you like we used to and we're not as on fire for you as we used to be we trust god that you you don't see us any differently and that yeah. grace propels us to draw near to him um even more yeah yeah so that's okay. been that's been really huge for us something that has been a theme has been um, be still and know that I am God that word I've been repeating it over myself over and over again and um, there is a huge difference between doing nothing and being still before God Um, (laughs) and I'm learning that um, being still takes um like a certain amount of intention um and um yeah like being still in my heart in my mind in my body too um i recently went through some like health complications where i was bedridden for a couple weeks and um during that time i couldn't do anything i was literally just still and it's so interesting because in that time so much anxiety and guilt actually came out Mm -hmm. of me and um, I realized when I can't do and someone else is doing for me I feel I feel like something bad is gonna happen (laughs) I feel like people are gonna leave me and they're gonna get sick of me and they're not gonna like me and they're they're just gonna want to leave me here there's these like things these like false sentences that that come out of me (coughs) but yeah so God made me physically be still and know that he is God I'm not God and in my body to be still and know that God is God over my body and so I've been practicing this thing where I pray over each like physical body part and it's been so interesting um i'll pray god do you love my toes and i just see i hear god say janice i love your toes and god do you love and i feel that peace just enter into my physical body say god do you love my calves and this is the really interesting part because i always grew up really insecure about my calves like that they're like really like big and thick and i have my dad's legs so like they look really like manly never like my calves I'm always wearing clothes that like kind of you know cover my calves or um yeah (laughs) and then I just ask God God do you love my calves and I hear him say Janice I love your calves and I started crying and I didn't realize like how much dislike and hatred I actually carried towards a certain body part my my calves something that I don't even really think about that often um and then redeeming that, like mm. being still even in like my physical body and just mm. letting God be God over me. Letting God be God in the areas of my heart, being still in the busyness of my heart, the busyness of my mind, and the busyness of my body. Um, and all of that, being holistic in all of that and understanding that, t- again, taking care of my physical body is just as godly 
just as essential and important in my spiritual walk with God. So, yeah, that's been, I guess, a theme that's been coming up for me. Yeah. We have about 10 minutes left. I saw that there was a question from me earlier. I think it was asking um, what makes me a two in my family dynamic. We can, I'll, I'll answer that next time. Yeah, we'll, we'll go more into like family dynamics and things, but we'll keep that in mind. Thank you for that question. Yeah, was there any like last word or anything that you guys wanted to share? Maybe briefly mention like motherhood and marriage. Oh yeah. Or processing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone want to go first? I can, I can go first because I was, I was actually talking to my husband like, what I've been, what I have I been processing about marriage, and then he's like, "Don't, don't say any BS. Tell them the truth. You haven't been processing." <laughs> so okay, that's that's the part of processing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think in this season, I've been realizing through my husband, he doesn't let me, he doesn't let me BS anything, but I haven't really been prioritizing marriage. And actually, something that God spoke to me recently, like last month, was the weightiness of my call to be a wife. I know this is crazy for some people because like people get married and they know what it means to be a wife. But I think I've been married for like over two years and I didn't get the weightiness until yeah. last month. Like that for it sure. is my call yeah, yeah. to be my husband's wife. Girl, I feel you. Yeah, yeah so I've been processing like the weight and I don't have it down like yeah it hit the weight hit me and I still look the same <laughs> but I think I'm realizing I, I want to help my husband and that's yeah. actually the best for me when I yeah you know have this calling be consumed and then it's like one calling um so that that's me I, I'm just a terrible helper to be honest and I think God has been moving me to see the the weightiness of that call about you Esther yeah I think um, for me it's been um, I've been really realizing like the work of the enemy like I actually think we're supposed to be I don't want to say we're supposed to be students of the enemy but students who discern the spirits right like Mm -hmm. um, and something I realized is I I remember hearing this quote that said uh, you know before you're married, the enemy wants you in bed, but once you're married, the enemy will do whatever it takes to get you out of bed. Mm. And just what that got me thinking about was not just, you know, physical intimacy, but just the idea of how the enemy's tactics, they switch, right? Like, and um, I realized for me, like the enemy will always want to make us think that we're not each other's teammates yeah and but it comes with a lot of responsibilities like being david's teammate means when he's weak i'm strong when i'm strong he's weak like we're able to take turns um Mm. it means we love each other's uh support each other's careers jobs families and whatever stores his mind it's that one flesh i feel like you become one flesh obviously you know at the altar but learning what that one flesh dynamic dynamics looks like i think it's going to take decades yeah and you know for us like i i 
wanting to get to me the most, mm-hmm. more than David. Like, David's kind of like a rock. Like, I don't know. Um, but if the enemy can get to me, he can get to David. And so, mm-hmm. for, for me, it's been really fighting for that. Like, we're a team. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. even if I don't want to do something, I'm going to do it because we're a team. Yeah. And where you're weak, I'm going to show up strong. Because every time I've come weak to you, which is 90% of the time, you've come out. You've, you've been strong in the Lord for me. Mm-hmm. And so it's been, it's, it's in that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's How about beautiful, you, Esther. Um, I guess, I guess the, like, the biggest shift happened for us when we regularly started praying together, like mm-hmm. I was um, mentioning before. Um, it wasn't until quarantine that we genuinely started like praying together, together, like every morning. And um, it's made a huge shift in how we respond to each other and how much more quickly um, we can let go of things. Uh, I'm telling you, like our fights can get crazy, but it hasn't been that crazy these days. And praise God <laughs> for them. And um, it just, like there's just something about when you start your day off with prayer and it's centering um it's a it's just god just makes it a little bit easier to let it go Mm. um and so that's that's helped me a lot because my struggle is um like like you were saying like believing that jiwon values me and what i do for this family and um how much I what I believe and how much I give and how much I sacrifice and all of that um but he does know that and he does love me and um like in the day-to-day I may not see that every way and um I can let it go you know I don't have to go into that like hamster wheel and then go deeper and deeper and like say like you're selfish you don't care about me and all of that yeah so prayer has helped us a lot yeah it it, it just like helps us to be on the same page together in this in the past couple months so yeah that's Mm -hmm. been a helpful tool for us awesome yeah well today was just uh we know that it's the lakers fine i mean the NBA Lakers versus Mi- Miami or something like that um, finals. So I don't know what happened. <laughs> Do you guys know what happened? Did the Lakers win? No, they probably won though, right? Oh, oh okay. <laughs> when you said no, I was like, oh, I don't know. I'll find out when I see my husband's face when I go downstairs. Yeah, same. <laughs> I'll, I'll know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll continue to meet like this. Um, every week and we'll have different topics ready for you guys so we're excited we'll go getting back into it again thank you guys for joining us thank you guys bye guys thanks guys bye bye thanks for joining our talk today we appreciate each of you and hope you walk away feeling a little more encouraged after hearing our stories check out our instagram page for new posts and we'll see you next week for our next episode